What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the AG Sports Podcast. And like Cam Newton said last weekend, I'm back. Sorry I've been gone. I missed about seven weeks. I've been in college. College is very stressful. I've been doing assignments, doing work, but I'm back now. And for the episode I'm coming back on, the NFL is in full swing. We're in the midseason right now, going into week 11. And I'm going to give you all some playoff predictions and some updates on injuries and trades. Now, kicking off, we got to talk about the Rams. Two power moves during the season this year. They picked up Vaughn Miller from a trade and Odell Beckham Jr. on a trade. Now, we already talked about the Rams during the offseason with the Matthew Stafford pickup and all the moves and all the players they already had with adding Matthew Stafford to it was going to make them unstoppable. And now that they added Odo Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller to it, it makes them insane. You have Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald on the same defensive line, which is unfair. That's like a Madden. That's a Madden franchise thing. You're not supposed to have that in real life. And then potentially what you could have had if Robert Woods didn't tear his ACL at practice that Friday, you could have had Odo Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, who's having probably the best, he's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now, stat-wise. And you could have had Odo Beckham, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. But like I just said, Robert Woods went down with an ACL injury out for the season. But it's clear, it's very clear what the Rams are doing right here. The Rams are all in for a Super Bowl run this year. So far, they're 7-3. and three. They're number two in their division. We're going to get to who else in the division is going good in a second or so. But the Rams are all in. And I don't see anybody being able to stop them in the NFC at all. They're, the Rams are the best team on paper, the best team in the NFC, and no one should be able to stop them. Okay, moving on to some more. We have an injury news now. Chase Young with went out with a ACL tear out for the rest of the season, week 10. They they were playing the Bucks. He went down in about I want to say the second or third quarter. Went down was in immediate pain. Refused to get on the cart. Just walked off the field. Well, he got helped off the field. He didn't walk off the field. He got helped off the field, and they went into the locker room. They immediately immediately listed to him as a no return for this game, which made it clear what the injury was and what it was going to be, which was an ACL injury. Now, we have a lot of reports saying maybe Chase Young needed this. Well, I don't think anybody needs an ACL injury because they were saying he wasn't having a as big as year as everybody wanted him to have. And I'm pretty sure for himself, he wasn't – his standards are very high for himself probably. He probably wasn't having the year he wanted. He only had one and a half sacks – excuse me, two sacks. He got a half a sack in that game. He only had two sacks this, this year, but he's always been – he's always going to be disruptive and – the thing about great D linemen is when you're that disruptive, you're going to cause a lot of attention. So Chase Young on probably a lot of all of his plays, he's at least double teamed on every play. He's one on one. I'd say maybe I'd say I give him three times a game. Chase Young is one on one with a tackle against Chase Young. You never do that. You always have somebody that chips Chase Young or double team or triple team. And what Chase Young have done has done with his disruptiveness is 
take the attention off himself and lead to his D lineman. Let's say Jonathan Allen, who's probably have he's the best, he's the second best D lineman in the league right now, stat stat wise. He's has a, he's having a monster year. He brings disruptiveness, and you're gonna miss that. And then on top of that, for Washington, what adds on Montez Sweat, the other DN on the other side. He is out for about a month. He has a broken jaw or fractured jaw. He's out for about a month now. So Washington is stuck with two young DNs who are not their top tier first round DMs. Which put Washington in a bad situation, which they're not having a good season already, even though they just beat the Bucks. And every any any given Sunday, anybody can beat any team any given any given Sunday. So that's what I think that game was an any given Sunday game, and Washington came out and dominated the Bucks, even though it didn't look good for the Bucks, which we're going to talk about next. Washington did come out and dominate that game, but a three or six record is not looking good for Washington this season. It's probably going to uh, have to regroup, get a quarterback next year in the draft or in the uh, off season. Or Gronkowski on that game, and but their defense was fully healthy. They had everybody on their defense: Devin White, Levante David. Everybody was playing, and their and their secondary. They were playing, so the defense is which is questionable for them. And then Tom Brady throwing the two interceptions. You know Tom Brady's gonna bounce back. You know this team is gonna bounce back. It just raised a lot of eyebrows with seeing them lose to a two and six Washington team. And Taylor Heineke balled out this game. You got to give Washington their credit this game. Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke balled out. Their defense played well. Antonio Gibson ran the ball. And probably the second best drive this year, Washington had a 10-minute drive, which basically put the game on ice. 10-minute drive capped off with a touchdown at the end. And it was seven converted third downs on that drive. So the Bucks defense definitely looked very questionable in that game, but I feel like the Bucks will bounce back and move on and later down the road and continue to get wins. Moving on to uh Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is back. He was out with a finger injury. He's back, but him coming back led to a shutout by the Green Bay Packers. They lost 17 to 0, which is questionable and plus Russell Wilson has been out this time, which led to the Seahawks being three and six. So, which is questionable for them right now. This is not looking good for their playoff hopes. And their schedule coming up is Arizona, Washington, 49ers, Texans, Rams, Bears, Lions, and Cardinals. I can count on my head on my hand right now. One, two, three. Four, five guaranteed wins out of that. But considering the fact that the division's so tough, you already have the Cardinals and the Rams in their division who have seven to eight wins. And then not to say the 49ers who is who are coming up, who have actually they've been hot lately. They just got a W last week. They've been looking good. So you have to worry about the Cardinals and Rams. Who's going to go in the wild card and that's in that spot right there for the NFC. So Seattle is struggling right now, which is not good. But Russell Wilson is going to come back. He's going to bounce back. He's going to probably lead this team to another, I say, five or six wins, which put him at nine and eight at the on the year. That would put him at nine and eight on the year. So you could make the playoffs with that. But depending on how the wild card situation is looking, it's not looking good for Seattle. Moving on to the big news in the NFL, one of the biggest free agency pickups of the year. Cam Newton is back. 
Cam Newton is back with Carolina, too. Carolina picked him up after Sam Darnold went down with an injury. And on his first game back, Cam Newton had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown on the only two game, only two plays he played during that game, which, of course, he just, considering he got signed that Wednesday, you don't have enough time to learn the offense in three days. And then they say next week that Cam Newton is supposed to be starting and win a revenge game against Washington, against his old coach, Ron Rivera, and basically his old coaching staff completely because Ron Rivera took all the coaches from Carolina and brought them to Washington pretty much. So Cam Newton revenge game and Carolina Panthers said they expect Cam Newton. Cam Newton is on track to start versus Washington, which is going to be a very good revenge game. It's going to is a very good story game. So if Cam Newton come out on top on that game, that would be good for Cam Newton. If Washington comes out on top, that proves Ron Rivera right about moving on from Cam Newton. But for this game, Cam Newton is not going to do as much as everybody thinks he's going to do. Think about it, he's facing his former coaching staff. This coaching staff knows Cam Newton's strengths and Cam Newton's weaknesses. So they're going to attack his weaknesses which his weaknesses are forcing him to pass the ball and stay in the pocket. You keep Cam Newton in the pocket, you force him to pass the ball. He's due for a bad pass and maybe an interception throughout the game. So if you force Cam Newton to stay in the pocket, then you can win the game. And then on top of that, to stop Carolina, you have to stop Christian McCaffrey too, which is a hard task. But Washington in the history – of Christian McCaffrey versus Washington, he is not. He's not. He hasn't had a good timeline. I think he has two touchdowns against Washington, and he's played Washington a total of five times. So his timeline against Washington is not that good. So hopefully Washington keep keep that going, and which will lead them to a win. But if they let Cam Newton get out the pocket, move around, create space, and run, and plus, not even talking about the defense yet, Carolina's defense, their secondary is top tier considering they got Stephon Gilmore this year in a trade earlier this year, which added on to their secondary. Their secondary is top tier. Their defense is great, so which makes it really hard for Washington to be able to move the ball, even though they just faced a great defense last week and ate them up, but that's a completely different team who have seen that team has time to look through your film and see what you have done and why you beat that good off good defense, and they're going to scheme you up and make sure you, that doesn't happen against them. So this is going to be a good game, a very good game. I be, I believe Carolina is going to come out on top 20 to 17. Now, after all the updates and the trades and injuries, now we're going to move on to a playoff pr- prediction. And I'm doing this prediction by divisions. This is going to be a not so of a long episode, maybe a 20 minute episode, maybe just a little update episode and a, a welcome back episode for real. First in the AFC East, we have the Bills who are sitting at six and three, Patriots six and four, the Dolphins three and seven, and the Jets at two and seven. I have the Bills coming out in this division and winning winning this division. The Patriots are right behind them, and the Patriots are hot too. The Bills have to keep winning, and the Patriots have to lose for the Bills to keep this momentum going. But like I just said, the Patriots are hot right now. Mac Jones is looking very good. The defense is looking good, and they play tonight. The Patriots play tonight versus the Falcons, which is probably not a guaranteed W, but one of the more easier games for the Patriots. So they should be able to see the Ravens coming out on top of the AFC North. The Steelers right behind them, potentially getting a wild card spot. 
Moving on to the AFC South, we have the Titans sitting at eight and two, the Colts sitting at five and five, the Jags sitting at two and seven, and the Texans sitting at one and eight. We don't have to talk about this long. We all know who is coming out on the top of this division. It's the Titans who's sitting at eight and two right now. They're the best team in that division. Even though the Colts who had high expectations, but their defense can't stop anybody. And Carson Wentz is flippy flop, wishy washy. He has good games, he has bad games. But I do see the uh, Titans coming out on top of this division. Moving on to the AFC West, we have the Chiefs sitting at six and four in first place. The Chargers at five and four, the Raiders at five and four, and the Broncos at five and five. Uh, one of the more tight divisions in the NFL, just like the AFC North, the AFC West. Two teams tied for second at five and four, and the Broncos sitting at five and five. The Chiefs, who started off slow, Patrick Mahomes is almost he had. He has an interception in every game except for one, and that game came last week where he didn't throw the interception. And the Chargers, who are looking very good, they're sitting at 5-4. and four. The Raiders, who have a lot going on, are still sitting at 5-4 and four after the Henry Ruggs incident and the John Gruden comments and emails being leaked. It's a lot going on in the Raiders organization. I don't think they'll be able to pull it together this year to make a playoff run. Then the Broncos sitting at 5-5, five and five, whose defense is playing well. Teddy Bridgewater's coming along. Their offense, their run game is looking very good. The one-two punch at running back, and the receivers are playing well too. Which is a very tight, this is a very tight division, but I do see the Chargers coming out on top because the Chiefs have been so wishy-washy this year, but they've been up and down. And Patrick Mahomes' skill level, he hasn't played up to par because he's – these interceptions are partially his fault, and this sometimes are not his fault. He has interceptions where Tyree Kill have dropped the ball and it batted out his hands, and it's been tipped up, and the defensive came and picked it off. And then he has interceptions that which are very unnecessarily and terrible passes. And you can't keep having that unless that improves down the road. I don't see the Chiefs winning this division. I see them getting the wild card spot, but I don't see them winning the division. I have the Chargers winning the division. It's going to be very tight, but I do see the Chargers coming out on top. Moving on to the NFC, we have the – we're moving on to the NFC East. Excuse me. We have the Cowboys sitting at 7-2, Eagles sitting at 4-6, Washington sitting at 3-6, and six, and the Giants sitting at 3-6. and six. I do see the Cowboys coming out on top of this division. The Cowboys have been very dominant. Their defense has surprised everybody how productive they have been this year. Michael Parsons is playing fantastic. Zeke has had a bounce back year. He's playing good. Dak Prescott is playing good. And there's nothing, no bad things about Dallas. They have two losses, but for the most part, their year has been fantastic. And we see Dallas coming out on top of this division. No question. Moving on to the NFC North, we have the Packers in at 8 and 2, the Vikings at 4 and 5, the Bears at 3 and 6, and then the Lions at 0, 8 and 1. A very bizarre, terrible record. I see the Packers coming out on top with running away with this division. I see the Packers coming out on top, running away with this division. The Vikings can't keep up. The Bears can't keep up, and the Lions definitely won't keep up. Moving on to the NFC South, we have the Bucks sitting at six and three, Saints sitting at five and four, Panthers sitting at five and five, and the Falcons sitting at five, four and five. This the three three teams in this division who could potentially win this division, but it probably won't happen. The Bucks, the Saints, and the Panthers. They're all in the runner right now. They're all the Panthers and the Saints are a game behind the Bucks, who just dropped a game and the Saints can move on and get a win next week. And the Panthers could buy a win this week 
that would put them both at six wins, and then the Bucks could lose this week and put them at six and four, which would tie the division with this tie them up with the Saints, which could lead to a very good race for the NFC South. But I do see the Bucks coming out on top of this division, winning it six, with a six and three record, finishing the year with about an eleven and six record. Moving on to the NFC West, which is probably the arguably have the most talented teams in the NFL, even though the record is not showing it right now. But they do have the most, one of the most, three, four of the most talented teams in the NFL. They have the Cardinals sitting at eight and two, the Rams sitting at seven and three, the 49ers sitting at four and five, and Seattle sitting at three and six. Seattle just getting Russell Wilson back, like we mentioned earlier in this episode. And then the 49ers, who have been up and down, but brought their self, got their self a win. The Rams sitting at seven three, very dominant, very good team. Then the Cardinals at eight and two, who are facing a lot of injuries right now. I believe Kyler Murray is on track to come back this week. And I do believe DeAndre Hopkins is on track to come back this week. So maybe they get their two stars back on offense and they continue to get wins. But I do see the Rams coming out on top of this division. Okay, that's it for this episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Share this episode with all your friends and family and see you next week.